after having been waved through the last checkpoint by a sunglasses-wearing guard with a shotgun riding on his shoulder. She was behind the wheel, seat belted in, physically feeling a whole lot better since the tums she'd dug out of her purse as soon as she'd gotten in the car had kicked in. Michael had watched her crunching the multiple tablets in broody silence. She'd expected a caustic remark about it, but nothing. Since then, the tension in the air had risen with every swish of the wheels on pavement, until by the time he finally spoke, she was so on edge that she was sitting bolt upright in the driver's seat and scowling at the beat-up red pickup in front of him. Michael slouched in the bucket seat beside her, his tall, broad-shouldered frame looking too big for the compact car. Those black eyes glinted dangerously as they fixed on her. A sideways glance at his face was enough to persuade her that she'd do better to focus her attention on the road if she wanted to keep her own cool. He looked like a fight waiting to happen, and she wasn't about to play into that. Couples quarreled, but she and her resident ghost were emphatically not a couple. After his, you're crazy in love with me crack, she wanted to underline that fact to herself as well as to him. Tony was somewhere behind them, in the car he'd driven to the prison. They'd arranged to meet at her house, and he would drive her from there to Lonesome Pine Airport, where the team's private plane waited. Kaminsky needs me. Her sister's missing. I can't leave her in the lurch. That was the short answer, simple and quick and true. By leaving it at that, Charlie felt that she was taking the high road. Oh, yes, you can. I'm not going to. I thought we decided that you were going to tell Dudley no. You may have decided that. I didn't. In the interests of not escalating the discussion, instead of focusing the glare she felt coming on on its rightful target, she frowned out the window at the gang of orange jumpsuit-wearing inmates mowing the grass around the outside of the prison under the supervision of a quartet of armed guards. The single road that curled down the mountain had quite a bit of traffic on it at the moment as the prison disgorged its visitors and the guards changed shifts. The Ridge's version of rush hour. She was still behind the red pickup, and would be until they reached town. The thought that the hunter might be circling in the sky overhead like an invisible version of the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz sent a prickle of unease over her skin. The need to get as far away from the prison as fast as possible had her nerves jumping. Speeding away from the epicenter of danger wasn't going to happen, however. She was stuck going thirty-five miles an hour, and unless a whole line of traffic got blasted out of her way, nothing was going to change. Her hands tightened on the wheel. She did not curse, not even under her breath. That's a load of crap. Michael's fingers tightened around the edge of the console between the seats. Slanting sunlight bathed his powerful forearm in golden light. The muscles of his upper arm looked hard and sleek below the sleeve of his T-shirt. His arm, she was glad to see, had none of the grayish tinge that she found so worrying when she looked at his face. Not that she was going to let him see her worrying about him again any time soon. This Vegas trip is a clusterfuck waiting to happen, and you know it as well as I do. When we get home, you need to tell Dudley that you changed your mind and can't go. No, Charlie said, flicking Michael a cool but by no means nasty sideways look. Come to think of it, she liked that word no a whole lot. It was short and sweet and got the job done. His lips compressed. 
You were hearing those creepy voices of yours back there, weren't you? In the hall, right before that psycho freak charged you? It was clear from his expression that he already knew the answer. So what if I was? She countered. In sports, injured players lay out until they're healed. Consider yourself an injured player and sit this one out. This isn't sports, and I'm not injured. And Kaminsky needs me. You're hearing fucking voices in your head, and they're causing you to spaz out. If that isn't injured, I don't know what is. To say nothing of the fact that a damned, murderous lunatic bit you today, and you're chowing down on Tums by the handful because being attacked by his ghost made you want to puke. He knew way too much about her. So what am I supposed to do? Lock myself in my house until I'm all better? Yes. His answer was uncompromising. No. So was hers. Damn it, we're not going to Vegas.